Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Tuesdays with the Fun Guy, and we are here to discuss and review the 2023 Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. So yeah, let's just you know dive into it. So before you know, before we discuss, let me tell you the this week's race results as we normally do. And if you have not guessed it, it is a Red Bull one two, but it is an inverse Red Bull one two, if I might add. Because Sergio Perez, the king of streets, managed to win the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix ahead of his teammate Max Verstappen, who finishes P2, Fernando Alonso back-to-back podiums, and his 100th F1 podium finishes P3. The two Mercedeses of George Russell and Lewis Hamilton finishes P4 and 5. The two Ferraris of Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc finishes P6 and 7. The two Alpines of Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly finishes P8 and 9. And Kevin Magnussen manages to nick that final points paying positions off of Yuki Tsunoda in the Alpha Tauri who finishes P11. Nico Hülkenberg finishes P12. Guan Yu Zhou finishes P13. The Alpha Tauri of Nick DeVries finishes P14. And the two rookies, Oscar Piastri and Logan Sargent, finishing P15 and 16. And poor Lando Norris finishes P17. And Valtteri Bottas, the final finisher of this week's Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, finishes P18. Alexander Albon was an unfortunate mechanical DNF. He had brake issues and Lance Stroll, the other Aston Martin. Another DNF. So, yeah. Let's just let's just you know dive into the weekend. So the weekend began normally, as every weekend does. But every year, like come on, it's it was just the third Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. So last year we had major changes to the circuit. Now this year we have minor changes. You know some corners have been reprofiled, and especially that turn twenty two, which was a tricky corner, but it's even trickier now. Many cars missed that in practice. But heading into practice, Max Verstappen actually had a problem with his gearbox, which he used in Bahrain. So they replaced it with a new one. So that rounds up practice. And I feel like Verstappen, Perez and Alonso is the new Hamilton, Bottas and Verstappen. So we head into qualifying everything's cool and it's Q1, Q1's and finished. But Q2 starts, Max Verstappen goes on a flying lap and... He f- like you can hear when you're on board the car, you can actually hear that it is the transmission, and he ha and he gets the call to try and limp the car back home, which he does. So they repl- they had replaced the as I said they had replaced the gearbox from Bahrain with a new one, but as you allowed multiple gearboxes, I think it is five or six something like that. Or four, maybe I don't know. I should I should probably research more before recording these things. But yeah, so they replaced it with the one they used in Bahrain, which which was not a big deal. So, but that unfortunately meant that Max Verstappen could not set a lap lap time in Q two, and he qualified P fifteen. So he'll start the he started the race from P fifteen. And heading into the weekend, it was already looking down for Ferrari because it's only the second race and Charles Leclerc already had a 
10 plays great penalty for a new control electronics now that, that that's ferrari for you i mean no i i saw on reddit some guys actually keeping track of how many you know screw ups ferrari have done and how many we understood and we'll get back to you so it's it's so far 11 screw ups and one and one understood and we'll get back to you so uh, q3 starts and as expected there was going to be a red bull pole position it was going to be close between max and checo but unfortunately max who qualified p15 so it was checo checo the king of streets put on a lap time and he went on for pole position but he's he's not no he's not uh, focused right now because Okay, I can understand, you know, that Aston Martin is still draggy on the straight lines and that Red Bull is just beast everywhere. It's, it's not just in the corners or the straight line. It's it's just, it's impossible to catch. But Lance Stroll, yeah, the, the final lap starts in Q3, the final flying lap, and Lance Stroll puts in a purple first sector, a personal best second sector, and qualifies P5. That's, that's, that's... That's how you raise hopes and that's how you crash them. Lance Stroll has done a Ferrari in my opinion. Yeah, that that should sum up that lap. But yeah, we got Troll. So actually the qualifying order was Checo taking the pole position. Leclerc finished, uh, I mean, got P2. And Fernando Alonso qualified P3. So Leclerc had that 10-plus grid penalty. He was back to P12. Man was stubborn. No, Verstappen and Leclerc. Leclerc cannot catch a break from Verstappen, I feel. Come on. There needs to be some space. I mean, during the race, there was lots of space because Max Verstappen was a rocket ship. But I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. So, five lights are on. It's lights out and away we go with Georgie Boys in P3 uh, because of Leclerc's grid penalty. So, Fernando Alonso moves up to the front row and Checo off of pole position gets some wheel spin and Fernando Alonso took the lead of the race. This is also not the talking point. The talking point is he took the lead of the race only to receive a five-second time penalty for incorrect grid positioning. So what happened was when he lined up on the grid, he was too far left. And if you do that, the jump start sensor doesn't work properly. So he had to be given a five-second penalty. Uh, penalty which i'm fine with that by the way i'm fine with it <coughs> then he got the five second time penalty then perez overtook him so he was running p2 all's well and everything's happening but on the first lap itself oscar piastri by the way who had qualified p8 who had gotten into q3 in a flipping mclaren 2023 mclaren q3 is it's it's Something we're going to see rarely. And Oscar Piastri managed to do that. By the way, in the qualifying, I'm so sorry this episode is just all over the place. But in the qualifying, Landon Norris actually clipped the wall on his way in. Yeah, on his way in, it was not a flying... No, it was a flying lap on his way into the final corner. And he got a suspension damage, so he was out. And he was starting... I think he was out in Q1. And Oscar Piastri did a great job, got into Q3 only to lose out positions on the first lap because of a crash with Esteban Ocon and Oscar Piastri lost the front wing and that debris from Oscar Piastri's front wing 
hit Lando Norris's front wing, which broke his front wing. And by the end of lap one, McLaren's were 19th and 20th. Just, just, yeah. And then Botas ran over Lando's front wing. Then he got floor damage, but I think Alfa Romeo have not cleared that up. He was just slow, hence he finished P18. So that's what happened on lap one. And ever since then, it was it should have been a smooth journey for everyone except Max because he had to overtake and. For the first time, actually, since I started watching Formula 1 back in 2021, but as I said, I've, I've watched previous races, the highlights, of course, the 2018 to 20 season, 2020 season fully, and then the highlights of some great races of all the eras back then. I've For the first time, I've seen Max Verstappen take it easy on the first lap. Now, I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying, like, how he's developed into, you know, being a childish over aggressive driver and now uh, an actual two-time formula one world champion how that has shaped him into a better driver that he and uh, come on i'm a lewis fan I, I think you should know this by now and coming and that coming from me means yeah max was stopping take a bow man he has respect it's talking point is his father we'll get into that later on so what happens is Sainz is running P5 at this point and Ferrari call Sainz in just like they did last year with Checo try and dummy Lance Stroll and Lance Stroll actually comes in and he loses time on the hard so the overcut actually worked for Ferrari but then Lance Stroll retires out of the race yeah and he had mechanical issue and he was nowhere near on the track. He had pulled up to the marshals and if I, you know, they, 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 they just tell him, it's a, it's a safety car, boys. For what? My guy, Lance Stroll, is out of this car. The car is out of the track. It's near the marshal. It's in marshal's custody. Why was there a safety car? But uh, the FIA have said that... The GPS sensor from Stroll's cra- crash actually showed that the car was still on track. So fair play, the Saudi Arabia is quite a dangerous circuit, being it narrow and so close to the walls. It's a street circuit. So I guess it's not the FI to blame for this one. I just think we should let them off. But I, but yeah, we'll get we'll we'll talk about it too. So the safety car actually plays in the hands of Max Verstappen, who's open to P4 by this point. That that guy was, yeah, that guy was. And that gap was from 15-16 seconds to Fernando Alonso in P2, I believe. Yeah, it was P2. And, you know, in the cool-down room, Max says, I would have caught up to you, but the safety car just helped me. So, the safety car comes out, Alonso serves the penalty, and everything happens. But, here is where Ferrari comes out, you know, here's where I got that nostalgia from literally the last race. It's Ferrari. We cannot have one clean race weekend from either Ferrari or FIA. Like, honestly. So what happened was, Leclerc, you know, when you when you cross the start-finish line, the delta time goes away and you just have to catch the safety car. So Hamilton was ahead of Leclerc, pitted. And... Leclerc should have been easily in front, 
but he was not told to push from the start uh, from the start finish line and he comes out behind i mean lewis hamilton comes out ahead of charles leclerc and charles leclerc just goes chavi you need you need to tell me that before is like leclerc so done with ferrari man i i don't know why i just you know ferrari uh, i think i've said this previously but ferrari are a machine to test how much of a mental suffering a human being can take especially charles leclerc i just it's it's for i i have no words i i just don't i just cannot concentrate on the fact that you know arguably the greatest formula 1 team the greatest car brand in the world can do blunders so frequently i mean yeah mistakes are fine everyone makes mistake but frequent mistakes i think i don't know what's the problem even cause they've changed the management they've changed the strategist you know they've changed they've changed nothing it seems because it's not working out for them and you know let's talk about mercedes for a minute mercedes picked up where they left off last year's last race abu dhabi and they're continuing the development the proposing or the bouncing is less ferrari are evolving just backwards and compare these two races and mercedes have had better results than ferrari if you compare now of course uh, ba- uh, bahrain is a high deck circuit and saudi arabia is a low deck circuit the degradation of tires is quite less here which played right in the hands of lewis hamilton who was on the mediums who just like came alive by the way after the after the safety car restart but ferrari needs needs some big changes i feel like and there were even rumors going into the weekend that charles is going to leave ferrari and there is also a rumor that lewis hamilton may leave mercedes and could join ferrari now it's a slight rumor of course this come on those are just rumors but a rumor is a rumor so i know i just feel like lewis hamilton should not leave mercedes in my opinion because th- th- they'll be back i'm sure i tr- i trust my team and but as i read on twitter you know Lewis Hamilton cut off uh, his f- uh, physicist Angela Kulin and I'm so sorry if I'm butchering that name but then James Wawels the head of strategies went to Williams to become a team principal congratulations by the way I I I already congratulated him on on an Instagram and of oh, oh, he, he did not reply yeah, yeah he did not reply but but so I feel like Lewis Hamilton that seems a viable option but being realistic i don't think lewis hamilton will leave mercedes soon and i think mercedes will be back if not this season then next season definitely actually what happened was i read somewhere and by somewhere i mean twitter that uh, mercedes were actually led by wrong simulations so yeah not the talking point so hamilton just came alive after the safety car restart and he over to uh, Carlos Sainz and he caught up with George Russell who was P4 at the time as Alonso was P3 and Max Verstappen overtook Alonso actually before the race a reporter asks Max Verstappen that Fernando Alonso has predicted that you will be in P2 by lap 25 and on actually lap 25 Verstappen overtook Fernando Alonso to uh to get that p2 and fernando alonso was in p3 and george was 3 or 4 seconds behind fernando alonso and lewis hamilton eventually 
caught up with George Russell on the medium and uh, on Lewis Hamilton was on the mediums and George Russell was on the hards. So when George was indirectly, not directly, indirectly told to let Lewis buy, George said that no, Fernando has a five seconds penalty. Let's see how that plays out. But his engineer just tells him that Fernando has already served his five seconds penalty. So George goes, ah, oh, f. I'll pick up the pace. And he picked up the pace, man. He was clear of Lewis. Not, I shouldn't say clear. But yeah, he did disappear. He got the lead uh, from Lewis Hamilton. It was like two or three seconds between them. So brilliant display and brilliant driving by George Russell. I apologize for the noise behind. I know I tried to be more professional, but it just doesn't work out with me. I don't know. I might jump off the roof because I'm a Mercedes and Ferrari fan. But I've seen people support Williams for 30 years straight and I feel for them. I, I just hope we don't turn into Williams. But that's that's not the point. I need to stop ranting in these episodes. The point is, George Russell, though, brilliant drive on the Zats. And the, not talks, actually, Lewis Hamilton said in the post-dress interview that the setups were different. And if he had George's setup, he would have been quicker. So I think Mercedes are trying different setups on different cars. So I think George's setup was better and they'll develop onto that, something like that. I hope Mercedes do better, which they will actually, because there's like another summer break between Australia and Baku. So, yeah, and Toto Wolf has also said that if it works for them, you know, if the Red Bull concept of side pods work for Mercedes, then why not? There's no shame in that. So, we'll see how that pans out in coming weeks and a month uh, when we land in Baku. But yeah, so George Russell make a drive, clearing him off. And at this point in time, Williams of Alexander Albon finish, uh, suffers brake issues. I think just before turn 22, it was going to turn 20 and 21. He says there are brake issues and and we all just went that, yeah, it's a brake failure. He's going to stop and there could be another safety car or even a virtual safety car. But he doesn't pull in. He actually goes on the back straight. He goes like 200 miles an hour. So fair play Alexander Albon for you know, those few hundred meters. So as soon as he crossed the line, he let two or three cars by and he had severe brake issues. He limped the car home and fortunately there was no safety car or virtual safety car now i say fortunately because i actually you know when, when max verstappen qualified p15 and saudi arabia being a generally you know narrow track it's it's difficult to overtake there so i i put out an instagram story that i will go bald if if max verstappen wins and if the if at that moment the safety car came out i would have been no no let's not think about that so that is what happened and Alexander Albon retired and thankfully there was no safety car or even a virtual safety car. But the very next lap, Max Verstappen had some problem with his drive shaft uh, on the high speeds. He had some weird noise and yeah, it was his drive shaft and he was actually catching Sergio Perez but then Sergio Perez no, they were let free, but then they were told to manage the pace. Then the gap was again constant to 5 and 5.2 seconds. So that panned out. But during those issues, Max 
had and Sergio was leading the race ever since he took the race lead from Fernando Alonso all the way back at the start. Meanwhile, the two McLarens were fighting Logan Sargent and Nick DeVries. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Nick Debris. Debris. Or it, it just sounds like Debris. I'm I'm so sorry. This episode's been a boring one. But for, I'm, I'm just doing what I do. What I want to do actually. No, I'm not going to turn this into a rant once again. So the two McLarens were fighting Logan Sargent and Nick Debris. And yeah, it was a good fight. Uh, and, uh, until... Landon Norris was told to let Logan's uh, Oscar Piastri buy. I'm so sorry I'm butchering this week's episode. But guys, forgive me as always you do. So, uh, two McLarens were fighting Logan Sargent and Nick DeVries. And until, and unfortunately, when Lando Norris was told to let Oscar Piastri buy, my heart pained because when Lando Norris has such a great talent, he was the only non-top three team driver to get a podium last year. And this is this season, it seems impossible. Unless, unless the next 15 cars DNF or the next 16 cars DNF or next, I don't know, 19 cars DNF, Lando Norris or any McLaren, any of the McLaren, Either of the McLaren will not get a podium. Here's my bold prediction. McLaren will not get a podium this season. They've been getting podiums since 2020, 2021 and 2022. But 23 is where that streak ends. It was barely a streak, a streak even. And then who was fighting? Yeah, I think it was Kevin Magnussen and Yuki Tsunoda were fighting for P10. And what a battle it was to be fair. As Magnussen overtook Yuki Tsunoda, you know, just with few laps to go, Yuki Tsunoda was exhausted. You know, he came onto the radio and he shouted no. Then in the post-race interview, I apologize for that noise once again. And, you know, during the, those post-race interview, he was just looking so tired and frustrated and exhausted. It, 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 heart goes out to him. But it was fair racing. It was brilliant racing. And that concluded the race. Unfortunately, that did not conclude the drama as around lap 45, uh, George Russell was told to pick up the pace as Fernando Alonso could get a penalty for, you know, working on the car, for not serving the penalty correctly. And, you know, when did Alonso serve that penalty? Before the safety car. So they had... The FIA had more than 50% of the race, but they chose, they elected, they opted to investigate that incident after the race. I just don't understand it. Why? Like, okay, you need to focus on race, but can't you hire one or two people? Because this has been frequent. Like, ever since I, th- ever since I started watching Formula 1, FIA has been involved in every race, almost nearly every race. Like, first it was, you know, they've been sent emails. Then at Brazil, those tests and Max, the weaving on the straight. Then you go to Qatar, Max was arguing there were no yellow flags, didn't see yellow flags and yet he was penalized. Now, I was happy at the moment because of course it helped It helped for uh, the championship. But I, I was not, you know, going into the details that much. I apologize. I was not going into details that much and I don't know if it's, you know, the correct thing what Max has said. Like, I don't know if Max 
genuinely didn't see the yellow flags or if genuinely there were no yellow flags then we go to Abu Dhabi which is like the biggest robbery of all time here I said it I'm gonna say it again I've said this in the past I'm not blaming Max Verstappen see Max Verstappen won a deserved title but the way in which he won one was incorrect Lewis Hamilton deserved that race win no matter what Max Verstappen was allowed to weave on the straight and just the whole car lap we will not talk about Abu Dhabi then there were tractors on track at Suzuka last year then Sergio Perez was investigated after the race when they had what good 15 laps of Singapore and it was a two minute lap because it rained so when you round it off it becomes two minutes so they had almost 30 minutes to investigate Sergio Perez but they didn't they chose to do it after the race then if I have always been such of a clown show man at this point because you know after the race after the podium ceremony Fernando Alonso was handed a 10 seconds time penalty for working on the car which actually means not serving the penalty correctly and working on the car was you know the rear jack was touching the harvest lights or brake lights formula one cars don't have brake lights but the tail light so the rear jack made slight contact with that light which means you know you're not you're working on the car you're touching the car but for the same reason Esteban Ocon was penalized last weekend but yeah he was given a 10 seconds time penalties like Esteban Ocon which meant Fernando to drop behind George Russell and George Russell was actually promoted to the podium. George Russell went over to Alonso. He took the trophy. George even said that Fernando deserved the podium. It was his 100th podium which was, you know, dropped off of him. And unfortunately, Lewis didn't finish P4 because Lewis was 10.2 seconds behind Alonso when he crossed the line. So, this happens and... This happened at around 7 or 8 o'clock in the night in Saudi Arabia local time. And around 1 o'clock, news comes out that Fernando Alonso has been reinstated in P3. I just, I just don't get it. And fair play Aston Martin, you know, to fight it out. Aston Martin showed seven incidents where they were touching the cars when the penalty was being served but no penalty was awarded and fair play Aston Martin but if I needs to be more you know impartial they need to be more transparent with these penalties you know in some cases penalties are being award, uh, awarded but in some cases they're just being like whoa I don't see it as a penalty in it like come on guys you are the FIA you are literally you know, you're literally refereeing the pinnacle of motorsports and this is something that is not expected from you guys and there has to be a better management in the FIA. I'm just gonna come out and say it. So yeah, to sum up the weekend, it was an interesting one. It might be even interesting in Australia. Will it be though? No, it's gonna be a Red Bull 1. I predicted Red Bull 1 too. And if, 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 if I'm proven otherwise, I'll go bald. Definitely. Here, there you go, I said it. And to know if I'm lying or if I'm speaking the truth, make sure you follow me on Instagram at the rate D-N-Y-N-R-A-J. 
underscore G O R E. So yeah, to sum up this weekend, you know, Mercedes were looking. They were not looking good, good as in good, good, but they were looking decent. Ferrari are evolving backwards, and it was just horrendous racing from Ferrari. Red Bull were on fire, quite literally. Max Verstappen P15 to P2. Let, 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 let me just point out during the celebrations, Jos Verstappen, Max Verstappen's dad, no, he side-eyed Checo Perez. He was not even smiling, and he congratulated Checo Perez in the later footage that came out, but only because Sergio Perez raised the hand first. So. Jos Verstappen was just being arrogant and rude because 2021 Abu Dhabi when Lewis Hamilton was robbed of let's not say robbed of but when Lewis Hamilton lost the world championship by a last lap title decider Lewis Hamilton's dad went over to Max Verstappen to congratulate him and this man Max Verstappen's dad cannot even show slight slight happiness for his son, who just went from P15 to P2, which is unreal. And, like, side, he just side-eyed Checo Perez, man. That silence that I took, you know, it's 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 not fair. He was a sportsman in, in himself. You know, it's just not fair. And it's just kind of, I'm a Mercedes fan, but I am also a sports fan. And... When he is in the paddock, he brings that negative energy, I feel like, which is not good for the team, let me tell you. So, I think, you know, when there's room for improvement, you always try and improve, be it a car or be it your own personality. So, yeah, I feel like the, I'm, 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 I'm just gonna keep quiet right now. And, yeah, so, after the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, Max Verstappen still leads world championship yeah he leads the world championship by one singular point and Sergio Perez led the world championship briefly during the race when he had the fastest lap point but on the last lap Max Verstappen did a 131.9 which is impressive and though I remember on the radio uh, when Max uh, when Max a- asked what's the fastest lap, GP went, we, we are not concerned about that now. And he actually took the authority, but I am. Max was, no, Max is in that zone. Is that villain Sabera. is just, that mentality of Max Verstappen is unreal. So, after this week's Saudi Arabian Grand Prix, here are your 2023 driver standings, the top 10 drivers in Formula 1. Max Verstappen still leads the World Championship by one singular points. At 44 points, Sergio Perez right behind him. It's Red Bull 1-2 with 43 points. Fernando Alonso gets his best start to the season since 2012, in which he had 35. And this time around, he has 30 points with back-to-back podiums. The Ferrari of Carlos Sainz is in P4. Lewis Hamilton is in P5. Charles Russell is in P6. Just two points separating them. And Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton are on equal points. Lance Stroll is in P7. To be fair, I expect better from Lance Stroll. And Charles Leclerc from Ferrari. Oh my god, Charles is P8. And I'm so happy because it's Ferrari. And I just expect him to go lower and lower automatically. But yeah, he's in P8. Valtteri Bottas is in P9. And Esteban Ocon is in P10. So guys, this was my 
somewhat review and discussing the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. I'm sorry it was not a perfect one. I felt like there was no energy. But guys, please bear with me. My exams are going on. The final exams are going on. So I hope you understood and I hope you understand. And yeah, make sure you follow me on Twitter as well. D-N-Y-N-R-A-G underscore G-O-R-E. The same as Instagram where I tweet. Not frequently, but I do tweet. And yeah, I feel like those are interesting. I don't know, maybe an assist behavior. To, yeah, but make sure you follow me on Twitter. So guys, if you've enjoyed this bo- episode for whatever reason, and I can bet you that you've not, because this episode was a boring one. The race was not boring. Actually, it's me. And I apologize for that. But I hope you enjoyed this episode. So if you enjoyed it for whatever reason, make sure... You follow me on Spotify, on Instagram, and on Twitter as well. So, guys, thank you as always. And I'll see you after the Australian Grand Prix in two weeks' time. Where we'll see, can Ferrari bounce back? Will Mercedes get better? And can anyone actually match or challenge Max Verstappen's dominance this season? So, guys, I'll see you in the next one.